in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I'm very happy to be with you today. We came from America here in order actually to send one message that all of us are one in Christ and all of us we love each other even if we are living in different continents but we are called to be one in Christ and I like to thank His Grace Bishop Ruiz Reverend Father Mina and all the servants here and all of you for giving us this opportunity to be with you today in order to talk with each other and share with each other about the glad tidings, the good news of salvation that our Lord Jesus Christ granted us. And I like to speak today about the Coptic Orthodox Church, which is our church. So I like to start by asking a question. Have you ever visited the Holy Land? No. No, okay. Why we call the Holy Land the Holy Land? Why we call Jerusalem the Holy Land? Why? Her answer is that because Jesus Christ was born in Jerusalem. Absolutely right. Because our Lord Jesus Christ lived there, was born there, etc. But is there any other place called the Holy Land other than Jerusalem? So, if the definition of the Holy Land is the place where our Lord Jesus Christ lived, did the Lord Jesus Christ visit any other country? Because if he visited any other country other than Jerusalem, this can be called Holy Land, right? So, can we call any other country Holy Land other than Jerusalem? If you are saying yes, you need to tell me which country the Lord visited. Very good, yes, yes, Egypt. Yes, so the answer is Egypt is also a holy land, as you read in the Gospel of Saint Matthew, that the holy family, the baby Jesus, and Saint Mary, the mother of God, and Joseph the carpenter, left Egypt almost three and a half years. If you see this icon here on the screen, Egypt was visited by our Lord Jesus Christ and Saint Mary and Saint Joseph. Here are the pyramids in Egypt and this is the Nile River. They stayed in Egypt 40 months, almost three and a half years. Egypt is the only country other than Jerusalem that was blessed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a child, our Lord Jesus Christ started to speak in Egypt. So as a child, the Lord Jesus Christ started to speak in Egypt, meaning that he spoke some words from the Coptic language, which is the language of the Egyptian at that time. If a child, for example, from America and visited the Philippines here while he was six months old or one year old, and then he started to speak. I'm sure he will catch some word from the language of the Philippines. So he will speak this language, right? Yes. We expect that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke some old Egyptian 
language, and the old Egyptian language is called the Coptic language. Egypt, in the map in front of you, is actually close to Jerusalem, and Egypt has a very rich history of Christianity, 2,000 years of Christianity. Egypt, in the map in front of you, is actually close to Jerusalem, and Egypt has a very rich history of Christianity, 2,000 years of Christianity. Egypt contributed a lot to the Christianity and to the whole world. Now you hear the word Coptic, you say you are Coptic Orthodox. What the word Coptic means? Yes, Egyptian. But Coptic is derived from very old word ha Ha means house. Ka Ha is one of the ancient Egyptian gods. Ha Ka became Coptic. In Greek language, it is Egyptus. Egyptus can be abbreviated to Jept, Egypt, Copt. So if you replace the G with the C, the Y with the O, then Jept will be Copt. So when we say Coptic, means Egyptian. And as you know now, in Egypt, there are two main religions, the Islam and Christianity. Although the word Coptic means Egyptian, so we can say there are Coptic Muslims and Coptic Christians, but right now, the word Coptic is only referring to the Christian, not to the Muslim. So you will never hear Coptic Muslim. When we say this person is Coptic, means he is Christian. So when we say Coptic Orthodox Church, means the Egyptian Orthodox Church. So now we know the Copts are the Egyptians. Who are the Egyptians? They are the descendants of Pharaohs. Okay. At the flood, everybody died except Noah and his children, the three children. So as we say you are the children of Adam, we can say you are the children of Noah. In Genesis chapter 10 and verse 1, we read that Noah has three children, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham, the second one, has children, Cush, Mizraim, Put, Canaan, as we read in Genesis chapter 10 verse 6. Mizraim went to Egypt, that's why sometimes we call Egypt Mizr. So, and Mizraim, as we read in Genesis chapter 10 verse 15, has many children, one of them called Kafturim. Also, Kafturim can be read as Kaf. Kafturim, Kaf. And Mizraim, we can read it as Mizr. So, sometimes you, you hear about Egypt, Mizr, or Kafts. Now, there are many, many churches. There are Catholic Church, Orthodox Church, Protestant Church. So where the Coptic Church falls among all these churches? Before the Lord Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, he gave commission to the apostles, 
He told them, go and preach the gospel in the whole world. We call this the Great Commission. When he told them, go preach the gospel in the whole world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, this is the Great Commission. One of the disciples who heard this commission was St. Mark, the author of the second gospel in the New Testament. So St. Mark went to Egypt around the year 46. He stayed there until the year 48, and he preached Christianity there. And he was martyred on the eve of the resurrection feast in year 68 AD. And how he died, they dragged him in the streets of Alexandria. And his icon, he's holding a book that is the Gospel of St. Mark, and there is a lion usually next to St. Mark. The lion has many reasons. One of them, because he started his gospel, the first verse is voice of one crying in the wilderness. That is a lion. Also, when St. Mark went to Egypt, he ordained bishop, deacons, and priests. These are the three ranks. Bishop like his grace, Bishop Louis, priest like Father Mina, deacons like the youth who are with us here. The first bishop that St. Mark ordained named Anianus, and he became the patriarch of the Coptic Orthodox Church after the martyrdom of St. Mark. So if St. Mark is patriarch number one, or pope, pope means father, and Anianus pope number two, now his home is Pope Taladros is number 118. And the icon in front of you is very beautiful. It has St. Mark washing the feet of Inyanus. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, when he washed the feet of the disciples, he told them, as I washed your feet, go and wash feet of one another. And behind St. Mark, you can find the lion holding like the gospel, the scroll, the gospel that St. Mark wrote. And behind them, you can find the Mediterranean Sea, in which Alexandria actually lies on the Mediterranean Sea, and this, like tower, represents Alexandria. There is a word, we call it apostolic succession. Apostolic succession means what? San Mark number one, Inyanus number two, we have number three, four, five, six, until 118. So we have uninterrupted chain from patriarchs. This is our current patriarch. His home is called Tawadros, number 118. Before him, his home is called Shinoda, Pope number 117, and he rested in the Lord at the year 2012. So how God prepared Egyptians to accept Christianity. Egyptians, even before St. Mark, they were spiritual. For example, although they were pagan, pagan means worshiping idols, but they believed in eternity and heavenly things. Also, they believed in Trinity in their mind, in this small picture that has three gods, Isis, Osiris, and Horus. And on the other picture, there is a symbol called Ankh in Coptic, and Ankh means life. So they believe in life, 
And this symbol actually, before the cross, is very similar to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Although they did not know God, but actually they were searching for God and they came up with these beliefs which actually prepared them to accept Christianity. They built the huge pyramids and were concerned with embalming of the dead because they believed in the war between good and evil. Do you know what the pyramids are? What the pyramids are? Exactly, exactly. It's a tomb. Can you imagine a person build a tomb huge like this? Why a person build just a tomb very, very huge like the pyramid? Why? Because they want to include their wealth or their treasure, like that treasure in their tomb. So that's why. Why? Why? Because they believe in life after death, eternal life. So they were not concerned about their life here, but they were concerned more about life after death. And actually, in Christianity, we are taught not to worry about our life here, but to think about our eternal life. So, in this way, God was preparing the mind of the Egyptians to accept Christianity. Also, I want you to compare between these two pictures. You have a picture of Horus, one the god of the good, was fighting with Seth, which is the god of the evil. On your right hand here, you will find this Egyptian picture about the battle between Horus and Seth. And this reminds us with the war between Archangel Michael and Satan. So you can see how before they believe in Christ, they know there was a war between good and evil, and the good actually defeated evil. And when they believed in Christ, they knew there was a war between Archangel Michael and the devil, in which Archangel Michael defeated the devil. Therefore, before hearing about the Lord Jesus Christ, Egyptians were able, through their meditation, reflection, searching for God, they were able to reach to the same revelations about God. So this helped them when St. Mark came and preached them to accept Christianity. As I told you, there are many denominations in Christianity. So where does Coptic Orthodox Church fall among other denominations? Until year 451, all Christians were one church in communion with each other. Although they lived in different countries, but there was no denomination. There were only five important centers for Christianity. You know Christianity started in Jerusalem. From Jerusalem, they went to Antioch, which is Syria. They went to Rome, which is Italy. They went to Alexandria, which is Egypt. And they went to Ephesus which is Asia Minor, currently is Turkey. So these were the five centers for Christianity in the whole world. Antioch was the first place where the followers of Christ were called Christian. 
In the beginning, if somebody believed in Jesus Christ, they called him a disciple of Christ. But later, they said, instead of saying a disciple of Christ, we will combine it in one word, Christian. And this was used first in Antioch, then spread in the whole world. Asia Minor, Ephesus, was not only just one of the very old centers, but when King Constantine became emperor, he made Christianity the official religion of his empire. So he wanted to build a new Rome, a new capital, like Rome, the capital of the Roman Empire. So he built this new capital, new Rome, and he called it after his name, Constantinople. Right now, Constantinople is Turkey. When all the bishops in the whole world meet together, we call it the Communical Council. Constantinople became one of the centers that has a Communical Council. One of the Communical Council was held in Constantinople. So as I said, by the middle of the 5th century, there are five centers. Rome, Constantinople, Antioch, Jerusalem, and Alexandria. And all these churches attended the three ecumenical councils. The Council of Nicaea, 325, Council of Constantinople, 381, and Council of Ephesus, 431. Unfortunately, a split, a division happened in Christian church. This split happened in year 451 in a council called Council of Chalcedon. The division was about the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the Council of Chalcedon, a split happened. Major part of it was theological and another one was political. At that time, the emperor of Rome, his name was Leo, he made a declaration called Leo's Tomb, in which he spoke about two separate natures in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some accepted the Leo's Tomb, that Jesus has two separate natures, and others actually rejected. They said the Lord has one nature from two natures. The churches that believe in the two natures, we call them Chalcedonia or Diophysite. Diophysite or Diophysite, Dio means two, Physis means nature. So Diophysite means two natures. The other group that did not accept the tomb of Leo, they were called Non-Chalcedonian or Meaphysis, Meaphysite. Mea, Thesis, Mea means one from two, and Thesis means nature. The Coptic Orthodox Church are not Chalcedonian. We believe in one nature from two natures. This was the teaching of St. Cyril of Alexandria and all the great fathers of Alexandria, of the world. St. Cyril of Alexandria, when he spoke about the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, one nature of the Word of God incarnate. So we believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is a perfect human and perfectly divine, and these two natures are united together without mingling, without confusion, and without alteration.
The second split happened in the year 1054. It was about whether the Holy Spirit proceed from the Father only or the Father and the Son. In John chapter 15, verse 26, it is written clearly that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father only. By year 1054, we have three groups. One group, the non-Calcedonian churches. The other group, the Eastern Calcedonian churches. Third group, West Calcedonian churches. The non-Calcedonian churches believe in one nature and the procession of the Holy Spirit from the Father only. The Eastern Calcedonian churches believe in two natures and the possession of the Holy Spirit from the Father only. The Western Calcedonian churches believe in two natures and the possession of the Holy Spirit from the Father and the Son. Now, instead of saying non-Calcedonian churches, Eastern Calcedonian churches, they actually choose other names. So the non-Calcedonian became Oriental Orthodox Church, Eastern Calcedonian, Eastern Orthodox Church, Western Calcedonian, the Roman Catholic Church. Another split happened in the 16th century when Martin Luther, who was a monk from the Catholic Church, wanted to reform the Church, so he protested against the Catholic Church and they are called Protestant. Protested means they are against. Another split happened in the Church of England when the King of England wanted to divorce his wife but there was no divorce in the Catholic Church that's why they split from the Catholic Church and they formed the Anglican Church and the King made himself the head of the Church and he divorced his wife. Now if you remember the Oriental Orthodox Churches are six different churches. They are the Coptic, the Egyptian, Eritrean, Ethiopian, Syrian, Indian, and Armenian. As for the other family, Eastern Orthodox Church, they are 16 different churches from different countries. This diagram will explain to you the split in the church. Until 451, one churches, the first split, happened between one nature versus two natures. Then another split happened here, procession of the Holy Spirit from the Father only, or Father and Son, and then in the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, and the Anglican Church. So just to, to show you. So the Catholic Orthodox Church is here, and here the Catholic Church. Quickly, I'd like to speak about contributions of the Coptic Orthodox Church to the whole world. Monasticism. The first monk in the whole world was Egyptian. He is Saint Anthony the Great, and you have his icon. These are just some icons: Saint Paul, the first hermit, and Saint Bacchus. Just icons. and these are some icons regarding the. Monasteries, but there is a very important monastery here, El Muharraq Monastery, because the Holy Family stayed in this monastery uh, when they fled to Egypt. I told you the contribution one, number one, Christianity, number two, 
זה פיולוגי, זה פי. זה פלסטי סקול, פיולוגי סקול, זה סקול אלכסנדריה, זה נאום אובד וזה סמואר, ואז אקשורי, ויש מיני הירוס אופיף, לאקסנט אפרסיוס, שרוד זה קריד, ומיד מועדת גלת הפאטר ולמוקרטור, ואוסו רוד זה מאוד אימפורטן בום, זה אינקרניישן של הלוגוס, אני אוהב זה אייקון אופסנט אפרסיוס, The third contribution is martyrdom. Coptic Orthodox Church, the Church of Martyrs. Hundreds of thousands of martyrs were killed in Egypt because of their faith. The fourth contribution is evangelism. For example, a nurse from Egypt, Santorina, you have her icon here. Santorina was from Egypt with Saint Maurice. And also they preached Christianity in Switzerland. And until now, the patron saint of Switzerland is Saint Marina. So the Egyptian preached Christianity in the whole world of almost. This is just a summary about the history of the Coptic Orthodox Church, the contribution of the Coptic Orthodox Church to the world. If you have any questions or any comments about this presentation, yeah, I'm happy to answer. Yes, the question, Andrew. Because we used to call you a metropolitan and we have a bishop. What is the difference of metropolitan and a bishop? The difference between metropolitan and bishop is administrative difference. Theologically or pastorally, they are the same. What the metropolitan can do, the bishop can do also. From the pastoral point of view. But administratively, the metropolitan in charge of like the province and the bishop in charge of a city. So originally, the bishop of the capital is called the pope. Bishop of the province is called metropolitan. Bishop of the city is called the bishop. But now it's not like this. Now it is just by seniority. So it is just honorary degree. It has no administrative power. It's no difference in administrative power right now. For example, His Grace Bishop Ruiz is not responsible only about city. He's responsible about two countries, Philippines and uh, Indonesia. The answer is clear. So now it is just honorary degree by uh, seniority. Uh, how many years to become a bishop? To become a bishop? Okay. Not many years, but based on the recommendation. So people join the, the monks, live in the monastery. They live three years before their ordination as monks. And after this, they live maybe three years, four years, seven years, nine years, until the Holy Synod nominate one to be a bishop. So it's not how many years in monastic life, but based on the nomination of the Holy Synod for this monk to be a bishop. She was asking Abba if all the Protestants in one as united as one. The Protestant theology based on every church is independent. There are more than 30,000 different denominations. It's called liberal theology, liberal theology. 
That's why, but they are not united together. They have the same faith, but each church is independent from another church. That's their understanding of liberal theology. So more or less, they are the same in their faith, but administratively, they are not under one umbrella. How can you know though Alba that the church is uh, founded or the first one who preached in this church uh, in this church is apostle? How can you determine that it's a church of God and a true faith? Number one from the history, as I explained the Coptic Orthodox Church, we have we know in the history written not by Copts but by other people, not common Copts that St. Mark went to Egypt, preached Christianity there, and we have uninterrupted chain of the patriarchs from St. Mark until both uh, others. So this is number one. Number two, actually, how to know which church has the right faith. We need to check the scripture and also the faith of the church before the first split, what they believe. If you are confused about any dogma, go to the scripture and go to the church fathers before year 451. For example, right now, some churches say the Holy Spirit proceeds from Father and Son, like the Catholic Church. The Orthodox Church, like us, we say the Holy Spirit proceeds only from the Father. So how do, do we know which church is correct? So as I told you, let us go to the scripture. In John chapter 15, the Lord Jesus Christ said, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father, period. He did not say, and the Son. The second, let's go to the church fathers. The creed was written before 451. And if you read the creed, that was written at the Council of Constantinople before 451. It reads, and we believe in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father. There is not a Father and the Son. All Christians, until year 1054, 11th century, they believed that the Holy Spirit proceeds only from the Father. So when they change it at year 1054, we did not accept this because it's not written in the scripture, nor actually for 11th century, 11th century, all the churches said the Holy Spirit proceeds only from the Father. So this is a new addition. That's why the Orthodox Church rejected this addition. Clear now how we know whether it's apostolic or not, whether the faith is correct or not. It's about the, the, the diagram that when split happened, why in the uh, Coptic Orthodox Church remain alone in this dia diagram? And then the diabetes is uh, many, like, grow many more. Yes. As I explained, in year 451, there was a split about the nature. Either it is one nature, metaphysics, or two natures. Some churches, one of them is the Coptic Orthodox Church, 
they accepted one nature from two nature, Maya pieces. All other churches, they believe in the two natures, not only one nature. Then, all the split happened in this group. This group did not split anymore. But there was a split here about the procession of the Holy Spirit, whether it proceeds from the Father only, or the Father and the Son. Another split happened with the Anglican Church and the Lutheran Church and then the Protestant Church. But this group, since 451, there is no split in this group. And this group is not only one church. We are six churches together. This group is not one church. There are six churches. The Coptic Orthodox Church, Egypt, Eritrea, Eritrea, Ethiopian Orthodox Church, Ethiopia, Syria in Syria, Indian Orthodox Church in India, Armenian in Armenia. So these are six churches, not only one church. And I want you to think about why it is important to speak one nature versus two nature. I like to explain why it is important that the church said, no, we will not accept the two nature. If you think why the Son of God became man, in order actually, when he dies in the cross, the Son of God, when he dies on the cross, die for the whole world. But if it is only that the divinity is split or separated from the humanity, then the humanity is limited. So when we say Jesus died on the cross, I cannot say that Jesus died for the whole world because he is limited. But if Jesus, the, the, the humanity, is united with the divinity, then through this union actually, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he died, he died for the whole world. Because through this unity, he became infinite. No limits for him and no limit for his salvation. That's why it's very important to believe in one nature and to reject the two natures. And this was the faith of the church. St. Cyril of Alexandria, before 451, wrote a book called Unity of Christ. And he spoke about the importance of these two natures are united together without mingling, without confusion, and without alteration. Why the Orthodox Church, uh, Coptic Orthodox Church, when signing of the cross, we said, the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. And then the Catholic, they didn't say one God. We believe in the three in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But these three are one. The three are one because they are in each other. Like the Jesus Christ said, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. So they are in each in each other. So yes, we believe in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but these three are one. That's why you say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. So the three are united together. They are not separated. These three hypostases are one, not three. So it is not the Father plus the Son plus the Holy Spirit equals three. No, it is the Father and multiplied by and the Son and the Holy Spirit equal one. Thank you so much for your time.